A wonderful good morning to all of you. What a privilege to see you and what a privilege to be together once again. You know, the word of God says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Praise God. And so we know that Jesus is with us as we are listening to his word, as we are together, as we are celebrating this time of fellowship. Uh, today I want to uh, share a word with you, and I've entitled it, When Jesus Comes, His Plans Will Lay Bare. When Jesus Comes, His Plans Will Lay Bare. I want to read from the book of Mark, chapter 13 and verse 32. The Bible reads here, No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. And John chapter 12, verse 13, the Bible reads, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Blessed is the King of Israel. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful for your wonderful presence. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which you have given to us so that it can be applied to our lives every single day. Thank you, Lord, that you give us spiritual nourishment, that you give us strength, that you give us the ability to withstand the onslaughts of the evil one, and the challenges and temptations that we face constantly in our life. Thank you, Lord, for this word that gives us strength, that is giving us the ability to overcome. So, Lord, speak to us today, and let this word become nourishment to our spiritual lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of the things that we must uh, understand very, very clearly is that Jesus has been speaking about his coming, about a coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus came the first time, he came as a servant. He came to bring us salvation. And that's what he did. He came in humility, and a lot of people didn't take notice of it. But when he comes again, he will come in a different way. And the scripture that we have just been reading in John chapter 12, verse 13, is uh, evidence of that, okay? It's, a, it's like a prophetic uh, word that has been given to us in order to tell us that one day Jesus will not come as a servant, not come in the flesh, but he will come as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In fact, here it says the King of Israel, and for sure, you know, the Old Testament was written to the people of Israel, and they were a message to the world as a whole. In the name of Jesus, 
every nation is being blessed. And of course, uh, the Bible uh, tells us uh, when God promised Abraham, he told him that in your seed, every nation should be blessed. So in other words, it's, it's a message to us as well. Now, many times we are using these words, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, this was a prophetic word. It was a word very, very clearly uh, assigned to Jesus, who normally did not appear as a king, but just as a human being. That's why in the book of Luke, Jesus is always uh, called the son of man. Even so, he's the son of God. That uh, is a title that John has been using many times. But when he walked on earth, he was walking on earth as uh, the son of man. He was a human being like us. He came in the flesh. We also must understand that in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, Jesus is portrayed as a servant. And, uh, you know, even so, it's the shortest gospel. You can see that Jesus was again and again uh, portrayed as the servant of the Lord. And that's exactly what Jesus was. So Jesus was coming into this world to give us his service, his divine service. And of course, it culminated in giving us salvation because without salvation, no one can see the Lord. And without justification, without uh, you know, the transformation in our lives, we can never see God. Okay, so we need to understand that God is busy doing his work according to his plan that he has made even before the foundation of the world. You know, many of us, we don't realize that. Of course, this year we have been speaking a lot about the plans of God, and I think it's very important for us all to understand what has God planned? What is he doing right now? What is he going to do in the future? Many times, you know, we, we seem to be falling short of an understanding of the strategic planning of God, okay? We seem to accept that uh, companies will have strategic planning meetings, but we, we, we don't really fully understand that God is more strategic than every human being or every company can ever be in this world. Now, we know that Jesus is the coming king, okay? That's been prophesied very, very clearly. When Jesus was riding on a donkey into Jerusalem, he was still not the king. He was still the servant. But that was the only time when the prophetically demonstrated that, yes, he is the king of Israel. Behold, he is the one coming in the name of the Lord, and blessed is he that comes in the name of our God, our Father in heaven. So we understand that Jesus has a plan. Now he will come back. Now for us who are believers and disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, this should not be strange because actually for us, we are not even waiting for him to come somewhere in the uh, future, near or distant, whatever it may be, but he is with us every day. Just as I've been saying earlier on, you know, where two or three are gathered in his name, he is amongst them, isn't it? 
Jesus said very clearly that, you know, he will be with us until the very end of this age. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So very clearly we have that understanding. And so for us as disciples of Christ, he is always present. Okay? For us, he is always around. But that should not, uh, you know, make us dull or, uh, uh, you know, short-sighted to the fact that one day he will come back physically. Okay? Just like the angels were saying to the disciples in the book of Acts when they saw Jesus disappear in front of their eyes, the, the angels came to them and says, the way you have seen him go, that's the way he will come back. So in other words, he will come back in a physical stature. Of course, we don't know exactly how that will work, but as you can see from scripture today, you will be able to see it very clearly that uh, he will come back. So Jesus many times testified about his coming. And you know, just here uh, in the book of Mark that I've been reading earlier on, the Bible says no one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father, when exactly Jesus is going to come back again. Okay? When Jesus was here on earth, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered how much you would have pressurized Jesus uh, to tell you the date when he's coming. He would not have been told you, telling you, because he also didn't know. Of course, now it's a different story because he's seated at the right hand side of the Father, and uh, I'm sure they are discussing every detail about his coming and about the building of the church that is going on in this world. Now, we must be students of the word so that we have a full awareness of the plans of God, okay? And students should know about the subject they are studying, am I right? So we are students of the word of God. That's why we are coming together regularly. We, and, and, and those who love the Lord, they love his word, okay? They love what he has got to uh, share with us because the, the word of God is truth. The word of God is is always revelation. While they, there are many in the church who pay lip service to Jesus and they're really not understanding what God says in his word because there is so much ignorance about the word of God. Unfortunately, people are religious and they don't have an idea about the plans of God. But, you know, it's not enough to be religious. In fact, God has never asked us to be religious but God has asked us to have a relationship with Christ, our Savior and Lord. God has asked us to come closer to our Father in heaven, which we can only do through Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So we are not here just to pay lip service and somehow have a good time, somehow have an emotional uplifting. No, we are here because we need to be fully equipped to do the work of our God. Students of the words will always continue studying because the word of God is not like any other subject, not like any other book that you can exhaust, but it's a book that is alive, that gives you ever new content, ever new nourishment. You know, 
we know that there are certain subjects which somehow you can master. But even in this world today, there are so many subjects which somehow we can never master. I mean, just look at science. Look at, for instance, the, the very virus we are struggling with at the moment, the coronavirus. There are so many mutations, so many changes, so many transformations, and we never know what is going to come up tomorrow. So you can think that you know science. Maybe you have learned it, you have studied it, but you cannot sit back and rest on your laurels because tomorrow things may change and you are required to, to study all over again and find a solution to what we are facing in this world. More so even with the Word of God. The Word of God is active, it is sharper than a double-edged sword. And you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a subject of study that you can never exhaust. Even if we would live a thousand years, we could never exhaust the Word of God, the Word of truth. Because as I said, it's a living Word. In, in this Word, God Himself speaks. God breathes His Spirit into this Word and makes it alive and that is what gives us strength, that is what gives us nourishment, that is what makes us resilient to deal with the issues of this world in which we live. So we are here to understand that God has a timing. That means, you know, if there is a timing, then you know there is a plan behind it. Because if you, if you don't have a a, a, a plan, then time does not matter. Am I right? If you don't go for work, you don't need to wake up at a certain time. You, you, you just sleep as long as you want. Okay, hopefully nobody does that. Okay, because we are, we are called to be active. We are not called to be lazy. So, you know, because you have a plan in your life, you know, at such and such a time, you know, the, the alarm clock goes, or maybe it doesn't go, maybe you have built it in your your mind in your head, the alarm clock in one way or the other goes and you know this is my time to get up. I have to prepare myself because I have to reach at uh, my working place at a particular moment, at a particular time. So that's a plan. It may be a simple plan, but nevertheless it's a plan. And so when God speaks about timing, that means he has a plan. And the plan is very, very obvious and very clear. God has laid down his plan even before the foundation of the world and he's busy working it out, okay? As I said earlier on, you know, many people do not see that plan. People who are not studying his word may not understand it, may be totally ignorant about this plan, but sooner or later, the Bible tells us when Jesus comes back, that plan will be laid bare, okay? Everybody will know what the plans of God were and, you know, everybody will understand that God is not just uh, some kind of a, a fable or some kind of a imagination of some people, as some people today say it. No, but he is real, and he has been waiting for a particular moment in these worlds. Okay? So, clearly, uh, God is busy working things out in our life. Okay? God is showing us in his word that really he's busy giving us the signs of the time. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, 24, verse 32, that there is a timing that he has set, okay? And we should be 
knowing the time, not because we know the exact time of his arrival, but we should be reading the signs of the time. You know, if you read from Matthew 24, 30, and 32, maybe you can just put it there, okay? From verse 30, the Bible says, at that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in, on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the others. Now learn this lesson. And that's a very important lesson. You know, this is a lesson to all of us. Uh, You know, even the disciples said, when is the time of your coming? When are you going to establish your kingdom? As we can see in the book of Acts. But Jesus says, nobody knows, not the angels, not even me but only the Father. But then he says also, you must learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as the twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. Now that's a picture. That's an example that Jesus is giving to us. And so just like the fig tree is going to uh, blossom, you know, and twigs are coming out and and leaves will grow, you understand the summer is near. But in the same way, Jesus gave us so many indications of what will happen as he comes. One of the signs is that the earth will undergo a lot of traumatic experiences. And, you know, for sure, we see some of these things happening today. You know, we see the fires that are sweeping over large areas and, you know, uh, eating up complete forests in a very short period of time. Again, we have heard uh, in the last few days that uh, fires have broken out in places where they have never been before, you know, like in Turkey or even in Finland, which is, you know, in Scandinavia, rather north, where such a thing is almost unthinkable, and yet it has happened, okay? It's happening in the United States of America. It's happening in Australia, you know? Hundreds of thousands of hectares have been swallowed up, have been eaten up by fires, Then we have floods, you know, floods in different places, in Europe, in China, in many different places, and and earthquakes and tsunamis and things like that. You know, we see these are signs of the time, and Jesus has been speaking about that, that, you know, as time draws closer to his coming, these things will multiply, okay? Now, they may have always been there to some small extent, but we can see a multiplication. We can see an increase of these signs of the time that Jesus has been speaking about. And of course, there are many others as well. (coughs) So, as we are students of the word, we learn about those signs. We learn about the intentions of God. You see, it's very clear, it's very obvious that God did not hide his plans from us. But rather, he revealed his plans in his word. And of course, you can't know the plans of God unless you study the word. So people who are not serious, they will never find out those plans. And they will sneer at you, they will laugh at you, they will maybe insult you because you are talking about these things. And that's what is happening in many places of the world because people don't realize that for sure God is doing what he has promised he will do. So clearly, 
we understand, we see that God has revealed his plans to us. And I think for those of you who have been regular here, we have talked about the plans of God many times and will continue to do so. And now today, I can just show you how the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will bring these plans of God into focus and make everybody realize and understand that for sure, God is in control. God is the one who has planned everything perfectly well. Now, in this scripture that we have been reading, the book of Mark, Jesus is using a picture of a owner, the owner of a house who goes away and he gives tasks to all of the people who are working in the house, okay? He assigns certain jobs to different people, okay? Somebody may be a security guard, somebody may be a cleaner, somebody may do other kind of uh, chores in the house, but everybody has an assigned task. Now, what Jesus is showing us in this is that, you know, God has given us a task to complete, Many times I've heard people asking me a question. Why are Christians still here? Why is God not immediately taking us when we are out of this world, when we are safe? Because this world is evil. Yes, this world is evil, but praise God, we are good. <laughs> Amen? Not because we have goodness from within, but we have, we have been made good by God, by God and his, his wonderful work in our lives. And so God has left us as a, source for good in this world, okay? God has assigned a task to each and every one of us. And I think it's very important that we understand that task, okay? We're not here to, to pass time and, 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 and build a, our own kingdom, you know? We, we need to build, first of all, the kingdom of God. And that's why Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all the other things that you need, they will be assigned to you. They will be given unto you. Okay? Now, we turn things very often on its head. We are looking for a mansion. We are looking for luxury. We are looking for uh, poshy cars or whatever. You know, and, and that has become a, a common theme in, 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 even in the Christian church, the modern so-called contemporary uh, Christian church, charismatic church. And that's very sad. That's the wrong way around, you know. We need to be, first of all, concerned about the task that is at hand, that God has assigned to us. Then we don't have to worry about everything else because God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. Okay? If you do what God has called you to do, God will supply what you require in order to do it. Now, if we turn everything on its head, then things don't work. And we realize this is why the church is not as effective as it should be in this world. Now the answer why we are still here is clearly because we have a job to do, okay? Now let me read the scripture from the book of Acts, chapter 3 and verse 19. The Bible says here, you know, this is, this is in the first days of the, after the day of Pentecost, uh, the early message that was preached. And, and uh, you know, the, the message is very clear. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send Christ. Now listen, this is very important. 
So there is a job to be done by each and every one of us. You know, God tells us here that we have to preach repentance. We have to talk to people about the love of God. We have to bring them into the kingdom of God, turn them to God. Okay? That's why Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. We have a task assigned to us. And, and, and God wants to wipe out the sins of the people that at this time may not know him yet. You may look at them as wicked or evil, but God still loves them. God has sent his son to die for them. And so we need to reach them and, 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 and do our best to turn them around. Whether everybody turns around, that's not our responsibility, but we have to reach them. We have to speak to them. We don't have to label them bad or sinners. No, we just have to speak to them so that their sins might be wiped out, as the Bible says here. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So, you know, we are here to seek times of refreshing coming to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That this church that God calls his church, you know, that Jesus says, I will build my church, that this church is really experiencing a renewal, a refreshing all the time. You know, when you have received something 10 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, it is natural that somehow it will fade out. And, and the word of God is very clearly that we cannot allow anything to fade out, especially not the love to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but that we should be constantly be refreshed. Okay, and God wants to send times of refreshing to every one of us. Okay, so we are here. With a task assigned. That means we have to turn people from their sinfulness to being saints. Okay, bring them into the house of God so that their sins can be wiped out and that they can be refreshed constantly. That's our responsibility. Okay, even if you are not a preacher, even if you are not standing on a pulpit every Sunday like me, okay, it doesn't matter. The, the job is for all of us. You know, we have to reach people with the good news about Jesus Christ. And I think this is more important even today when people seem to have run out of hope because of so many challenges that are happening around, of, around us. When people see how fragile life has become because many of our friends or relatives or, or close uh, associates have been falling sick and many have even died. So we know, suddenly we come to realize how fragile life is. That's a great opportunity for us to speak to people that speak into their lives and say, hey, you must turn away from your ways and come to the Lord. Repent, turn around from the wrong ways and come to the Lord Jesus Christ so that you know, your life is being cleansed, so that your sins might be wiped out and that you're experiencing the refreshing of God in a constant way. That's a powerful thing. Now, let me go back to Acts chapter 3, verse 19. And please, you know, follow this. This is very important. The, the verse which I was just referring to is verse 19. Now, verse 20 is actually connected with a comma. Okay? So in other words, what comes first must come first in order for the second thing to also materialize. And the Bible says, and that he may send Christ. Okay, so the plan is, and has always been, that Christ will come back. Okay, that he may send Christ. 
who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Okay, so Jesus is appointed for all of us, not just to be our savior, but to our big brother. Be our big brother. To be the one who, who we are going to associate with very closely. We are joined as with Christ. Amen? And then it continues, and it says here, he must remain in heaven. Okay? The purpose is for us to do our task so that Jesus may come. But if we are not fulfilling our task, he cannot come. And he must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he has promised long ago through his holy prophets. Can you see the plan here? Can you see that this is not just some haphazard kind of stuff that you are trying to knit together in a day? No, this has been uh, a long-term plan that God has had. And prophets have been speaking in the Old Testament about it. You know, even in the early days of of uh, humanity, there was already very clear direction in this regards. Okay? God has always made his will and his plan known. Okay? He's not hiding it. It's only hidden for those who are too lazy to study the word of God. If you say, I don't know about this thing, it's because you are not reading. You're not studying. Because this thing you cannot know by fluke or by accident. You can only know if you are really studying the word of God. Okay, so the plan is that Jesus may come, okay? But the word of God must be preached, okay? Sins have to be wiped out. People have to turn from darkness to light. Times of refreshing has to, have to come. And then when all of this is being fulfilled according to the plan of God, which of course, admittedly, we may not fully understand, but then he will send Christ. Amen? Until that is done, Christ must remain in heaven. Okay? Not that this is a bad place to be in. But actually for the fulfillment of the plan of God, he must come. Amen? The Bible says, For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. And this is talking about Jesus. You know, Moses was a prophet. And many of the things that we are talking about, even Moses had knowledge about these things. God revealed himself to Moses, a, a, a powerful prophet. And, and Moses said, just a prophet like me will rise up. And of course, that prophet has even superseded Moses because Moses was just a human being, but Jesus is the son of the living God. Praise God. So remember, a, a task is assigned to us. And Jesus tells us when the owner comes, he must find us busy with our tasks, not find us busy sleeping. Because what do you think is going to happen when he finds us sleeping? You know, if you give a, a, a job to, to the, peop, the person that you have in your home to work and, and you come back and he's fast asleep somewhere snoring, you know, uh, I, I don't think you will have an interest to keep such a person. Okay? You want somebody who is responsive and who is able to do the things that you have called that person to do. Now, at his coming, when Jesus finally will come, when finally 
you know, everything has been completed, what, uh, what uh, Jesus has been waiting for to co be completed in these worlds. When the Father will finally say, it's now time for you to be released from heaven and come back to this world, you know, we must understand that this will be a very special time. When he comes, there will be people who will celebrate. But there will also be people who will be in great distress, who will be mourning because of what they have failed to do while they were here in these worlds. So when Jesus comes back, it will split people apart. Okay? You know, Jesus himself talks about, about uh, at one time, about uh, the coming of the great uh, troubles. And he says, you know, when, when, when that happens, people will be separated. One will be uh, taken. The other one will be left behind. When Jesus will come back, there will be a great separation. And you will immediately know who has been waiting for his appearance, who is looking for him to come with love and uh, a desire to, to be closer to the Lord. And those who have really no interest in God, who really have not uh, having a relationship with him. Those who have followed him, those who are disciples of the Lord, those who have loved him and who have worked with him and have fulfilled their tasks, they will celebrate. There is nothing better than that when Jesus will come. But then, of course, others will not celebrate. Now, let me take you to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4. And you know, that is a revelation. That's why the book is called Revelation. You know, that's why we, we need to read and study this very, very book because it reveals to us the plans and the purposes of God. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, and you know, uh, when John addresses the seven churches, actually he addresses the church as a whole. You know, seven is the number of fullness, as we understand. And uh, many, many uh, exe uh, exegesis or many, many theologians, uh, they believe that each one of these churches stands for a different epoch, for a different season in this world. So John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by his blood. Okay, that's the purpose of God, that we, that we are being freed from our sin because he loves us and he wants us to be close to him. Amen? And has made us to be a kingdom of priests. Hey, this is powerful, isn't it? So you're no longer just a servant. We are, we are called to be a kingdom of priests. To serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Okay, the amen doesn't say it's finished now. Actually, it's a new subject. Okay, verse 7 says, Look, okay, so if you think amen is the end, no, please don't switch off, okay? Amen just means so be it, you know, so it will be. 
Okay, then it says in verse 7, look, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who have pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Okay, that's an underlining. Okay, so be it, so shall it be. Okay. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Praise God, the Almighty. So clearly, uh, here we are uh, being introduced to the fact that there comes a time when every eye shall see. Okay, we know that today a lot of eyes do not see. A lot of eyes are dull, are blind. Even when people may go to a church on a Sunday or whatever day, does not guarantee that somebody's eyes can see. Okay? Interestingly, when Jesus came to minister, he had always to do with a lot of blindness. Have you noticed that? There were always blind people that he dealt with. And you may say, okay, that was physical blindness, yes? Maybe we don't see that many people who are being blind, you know, and of course somebody is blind, that's not his or her fault. Uh, uh, we would just wish they would be able to see and, you know, we can do the best that they can be able to see. But there is something that we can do against spiritual blindness. Sometimes I've met with blind, physically blind people who had more sight spiritually than even people who have got good eyes. Because that's a different, that's a different world altogether. You know, the spiritual world needs spiritual eyes. And the Bible clearly says here that, you know, there is a time coming when, we, when every eye shall see. And I believe that God is going to open every eye to see. Even those who pierced him. That means those who have, uh, you know, rejected him. Those who nailed him to the cross and, you know, uh, these were not just the people who lived at that particular time when Jesus was uh, physically nailed to the cross. They even live today. There are people who are still piercing Jesus today. There are still people who are trampling the blood of Jesus today, as we can read in the book of Hebrews. There are still people who nailed Jesus to the cross, even at our time, in the way they live, in the way they are uh, rejecting the ways of God. So clearly, when Jesus comes, there will be that separation. And some people will be joyful and happy and, and celebrate. And others will mourn. Others will be in anguish, in pain. Because they suddenly realize that that which they just, uh, you know, didn't think about real has come to haunt them, has come to be established and be revealed. Now let me take you to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 25. You know, this is very, very important uh, uh, word of God. Okay? The Bible tells us very clearly about these groupings, the, the, the separation that is going to come. In the book of uh, Matthew chapter 25, we read, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Very interesting, huh? 
Have you thought about that? You know, this is why we need to study. The Bible says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. You know, you may think the, the throne of God is with the Father somewhere uh, in a distant place. But the Bible tells us Jesus is coming here and he will sit on his glorious throne. What is his glorious throne? Is he going to build a throne? <laughs> think about it. You know, I'm not going to give you the answer. Maybe we study that another time. But, you know, the word of God is so full of uh, powerful hints, powerful revelations. And we need to understand these things. Verse 32, all the nations will be gathered before him. Okay, all the nations, okay, all the peoples, okay, this is nations, will see him. Every eye will see him. And all the nations will be gathered. Very powerful, isn't it? And he will separate the people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Okay? A great separation is coming. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Okay? What did I say? The plans of God will be laid bare at the coming of the Lord. Amen? It will now be known clearly that there has been a plan from the very beginning, from the very foundation, before the foundation of the world, that is now coming into completion. Okay? So the king will say to, these, to, to the, the ones on his right, come to you who are blessed by my father. Hey, isn't that good? We are blessed, isn't it? If you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you will walk with him. If you fulfill your task, you are blessed. Amen? And listen to that. You will see how you can be blessed. <clears throat> Verse 35. For I was hungry. Okay? How do we get blessed? For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Okay? You didn't just pass by. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you closed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you, come, you came to visit me. Okay? So in other words, people who are blessed are people who respond. Amen? People who respond. And Jesus said, what you have done to one of these least one of mine, you have done to me. Amen? That's a task at hand. That's the, the way we can be blessed. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, we did never, we did, we, when did we see you hungry and feed you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and close you? When did we see you sick in, or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did to one of these least of mine, these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Praise God. Isn't that powerful? So, you know, there will be that big separation. And remember, we have a task. The task that God has given to us, that Jesus has handed to each and every one of us. And, and of course, we are, 
you know, sitting in different places. We have got different responsibilities. You know, just like in a house, you have got many people who may be doing different parts. You know, like in a company, you don't have everybody doing the same thing. That would be a disaster. Everybody has got a different responsibility. There's a job description. Same way is true in the kingdom of God. There's a job description. There's tasks that God gives to everyone. If you don't know your task, it's because you don't have listened to the voice of God. It's because you have not studied the word of God. Because if you study the word of God, you will know, hey, God is speaking about me. Okay, this is how I found out that God has called me into ministry. Okay? I studied the word of God. And it became clearer and clearer and clearer in my life, in my heart, in my mind, that God is calling me to ministry, to the preaching of the word of God. And I, I responded to that. I love to do that. You know, I've never, I've never become tired of loving to preach the word of God. In the beginning, it was very tough. I was sometimes very timid. But uh, praise God, God has given me the ability to do exactly what he called me to do. Okay, quickly, I have to rush. My time is running out. So the Bible is clear that those who are walking with him, they've got something to celebrate. Contrary to those who are rejecting him, who don't like him, who don't love him, who do their own thing, who, you know, build their own kingdom, those who elevate themselves. You know, there's a scripture on your bulletin you can read in Luke chapter 14, verse 7. You know, if you elevate yourself, you will be... You will be uh, humiliated. If you are humble, God will lift you up. Now, let me read verse 41 in Matthew 25. Then he will say to those on his left, okay, that's the other, gr the other group, and please don't belong to that group. Don't be part of that, that crowd, you know. However big it is, please stay away from that crowd. Okay? Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay? So in other words, you are going to share uh, the destiny of the devil and the demons. Imagine. It's not actually... actually the, 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 that, that lake of fire is not prepared for us human beings. It's prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay? But if you don't want to respond and respect Christ, then you will share the same fate, the same destiny, and you will become firewood in the lake of fire. Except that firewood will never burn completely. It will always keep burning and never disappearing. So the word of God continues. God, Jesus is speaking here. And he says, for I was hungry. So he's using the same kind of uh, uh, words that he is giving to those who were, you know, called uh, to inherit the kingdom of God. He says, I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was in prison. I was sick. All, all of these different things. But you did not respond. Hey, that's a tough word, isn't it? Because it could be true even for people who are sitting in church. We, are, we, are, we, we want to be blessed, but we don't want to respond. And I tell you, you know, the way to be blessed is when you respond because, you know, giving is more blessed than to receive. 
That's what the Bible very clearly says. So we must learn to be givers. We must learn to respond. So the need of someone else should be my need. I must not turn my back to the needs that Jesus is allowing me to run into, that God is showing me. And so he continues here, and at the end of the, 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 uh, the, the, the passage here, he says, they will also answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of these least of, of, of these, you did not do it for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. What a contrast, isn't it? There's a kingdom waiting for those who are responding to the needs that God puts in front of us. And there is eternal punishment for those who are selfish, who want to grab everything for themselves and who do not respond. Now, understand, every eye shall see as his plans are going to unfold. As he is coming with the clouds to finish the work that he has been speaking about from the very beginning of the revelation of his word, in his word. You know, we see Jesus humbling himself. The book of Philippians is very, very powerful, describing the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Okay, there's no higher place. If it's the highest place, then there's nothing uh, going beyond that. Okay, to the highest place. And gave him the name that is beyond every name, above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is powerful. You see, we have a choice. To humble ourselves before the Lord. To lift him up. To give him glory. Because one day... Even if we don't want to give him glory today, one day we have no choice but to confess that Jesus is Lord. One day we have no choice but to recognize that he is in the highest place because God appointed him to that very place. God exalted him to that place. So what has been done in humility will be revealed in glory. And you know, you don't have to do great things so that you are known by everybody and everybody is applauding you. Uh, I think it was uh, Mother Teresa who said, uh, do small things with great love. If you, don't, if you cannot do great things, then do small things with great love. And I think she was right. So we can all do things, even if they are small, you know, just like Jesus has given us that that uh, list of things that, you know, we all are getting confronted with. Do these things. Respond to the needs that Jesus puts before you, and God will bless you. 
and the kingdom that God has prepared before the foundation of the world is waiting for you for all eternity to come. So the plans of God from eternity past will come to their fulfillment. Okay? It shows clearly in this, in this very study that we have been doing, it shows very clearly that God has always had a plan and he will fulfill that plan. Sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we are oblivious to it. Sometimes we are blind to it. But when we study the word of God, we will be able to see it. And you know, when Jesus comes back, not only the believers will see it, but everybody will see it, even those who rejected Christ. And let me tell you, he will fulfill his word because he is the almighty. Amen? He will not fall short of fulfilling that which he has planned from the very foundation of the world. May we be people who are fully aware of the presence of Jesus in our lives, who are loving him and giving him honor and praise even while we are here, but who also wait for his coming, for his appearance, who also keep active in doing what God has called us to do. I think that's our role. That's our call. May God bless us all as we respond to the needs that Jesus is putting before our feet. As we are going to waiting for his physical appearance. Thank God he is with us. Even so, not in a physical way. But then one day he will come and we'll be united with him forever and ever. And remember, that separation will come. Make sure that you're on the right side and not on the wrong, not on the evil, not on the left, whatever you call it, but on the right side. Amen? May God bless all of us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that you have left us in your house. You left us in charge of tasks that you have assigned to each and every one of us. And Lord, it is my prayer that number one, that we recognize those tasks. And number two, Lord, that we are fulfilling those tasks, that we are responding to you according to your expectations. Lord, we are grateful that we have the ability to listen to your word, to study your word, to understand your word. And Lord, your word is life. Your word gives us the advantage in this world like nobody else ever can, like nothing else can ever do. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, we commit ourselves into your hands, and we pray, Lord, let us be such people who respond to you. Let us be such people who show love in everything that we do, in the service in which you have called us to fulfill. Let your blessings be upon all of us. In the name of the Lord, our God, I pray. Amen. Amen.